Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From AccuWeather, this is everything under the sun. Real news and real stories covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome in. This is episode 14 of this 2023 year of Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. We welcome you in as we get farther along in the month of April. We've got some things to do and... We're going to talk about weather and history again. Our friend Evan Myers will join us here at the end of this show with our second segment, and we'll talk about the Chernobyl disaster, which, my goodness, we're about 36 years out from that already, and we are looking at, obviously, more and more data coming in and just about how bad it was, and certainly the weather played a major role in that, taking that radioactivity not only from the area near the disaster in Chernobyl, but across parts of Europe, and we'll talk about that with Evan and just uh, a few moments. But what we're going to do in our first Rays of Focus segment this week is talk about the great activity of camping, something I've loved for many years. It's gotten really popular, especially since the pandemic, and its popularity continues to grow, especially with the challenges we all face with keeping up with the rising prices of everything, including the cost of travel. We'll talk about that with our friends at KOA, Campgrounds of America. Sit back, listen, and relax, friends. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Back during the pandemic, we talked to Toby O'Rourke, the CEO of KOA Campgrounds, about the exploding popularity of the activity. And since 1962, KOA has been an American franchisee of privately owned campgrounds throughout the country. Now, more than 500 locations throughout the United States and Canada. They're really the pinnacle of this uh, new situation where we're seeing folks use camping in a lot of different ways to get from point A to point B on long trips where they're going to try to save money or even using them as destination campgrounds because some of these campgrounds are like resorts in themselves. So this time around, we're going to go back to our friends at KOA, but we're going to talk with uh, Senior Vice President Whitney Scott. Whitney is uh, now in charge of uh, strategy at Campgrounds of America at KOA, and she is uh, really a positive voice for this industry and its company of KOA, which is doing amazing things. Let's find out what the camping scene is like with Whitney Scott on everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Whitney, it's great to have you here on Everything Under the Sun. Uh, we visited with Toby a couple of years ago now. It's uh, Time flies. It seems like, I know for me, since the pandemic, it's hard to string together if it was one year ago, two years ago, three years ago. But when we talked to Toby at that point, she was excited as we all were. Camping was an amazing outlet uh, in terms of people who were dealing with the pandemic, at least early on when there were seemed to be some lesser restrictions for those period uh, people in those kinds of areas. So the camping situation boomed. And I wanted to check in with you and the folks at KOA and looking at the camping industry to see how we were at that point. What are some of the lessons that you learned uh, from the pandemic and those kinds of situations going forward? And how can people in this new day and age where camping is 
become extremely popular to get through that. I mean, it's easy for the chiseled veterans like me, who's camped uh, a long time and, and kind of know the ropes. But for newer people, it's a little bit maybe, uh, you know, you know off-putting a little bit to learn the ropes. But I think we're going to try to help them with that today. First of all, um, Whitney, where are we in terms of the popularity of camping? That influx of new interest that we saw during the pandemic, is it continuing and uh, is it continuing to grow? Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you for being a chiseled veteran of camping. You're welcome. Uh, we, we love having you. Uh, yeah, the, the pandemic caused this explosive amount of campers, um, new campers into the activity, uh, which has which was a great experience for um, just getting outdoors, getting uh, just a respite from what was going on. Um, but we've seen what we've seen in the last year is that this amount of new campers haven't necessarily gone away. Um, we are still seeing growth of new campers. Now it's not to the millions and millions that we saw in the 2020, 2021 years, but definitely still very popular. Um, last year, 32% of all leisure traveler traveling was camping. Wow. Um, and so that I, when you think about a third of all travel being camping, um, it's very popular. Ninety two million households in America camp. And and part of that, I would think now is as we're in a phase where every day something gets, you know, 10 percent more expensive every day. It's right. And especially and I know this from traveling for business and other things, the cost of travel now is tremendously high, especially lodging uh, because of the way we are economically post-pandemic and all those kinds of things. So the campgrounds remain a tremendous value. And I think that's a big reason that people are flocking in that direction. You're right. Uh, half of Over half of campers um, say that camping offers a cost-friendly way to travel um, and, will pro and will actually pick up or stay at the same amount of camping if the economy continues to worsen. Um, so it does, it continually, camping continually shows us that as things start kind of encroaching on us, whether financial or from a health perspective, camping really allows our population a way to get outdoors and still have those wonderful experiences without breaking their piggy bank. I think one thing about camping, it, it, especially when you're talking about a family, there are some requirements in camping that bring the family together to actually do some things that they may not do at home, you know, like helping gather some firewood for uh, the evening fire so you can have those nice s'mores around the campfire at night or the chores that may not be necessarily needed at home. There's some things that need done at the campground. So it's good family bonding. It's also a great place to be a jumping off point. I think uh, KOA and uh, you folks have done a great job to have amazing, great campgrounds within a, a short distance from major attractions, which makes it popular for folks that want to go to major attractions for a several day stay and not have to necessarily worry about the amenities of the hotel. They can have their own amenities with the camping that they want. And then again, the price factor, too. That's so true. And camping used to be seen just as the activity itself. And really, to your point, it's really a base camp to explore. And it can be exploring the outdoors. 
fairs, which we more traditionally thought of it, but it can be at an amusement park. It can be at a casino. What we're seeing in our data recently is that people are looking for experiences like meteor showers, animal migrations, or even staying at ski resorts in a way to camp, but also to explore the outdoors and explore uh, local areas. Winnie, are there any lessons that we learned from the pandemic as you saw that influx of campers and interest and demand at KOA and the campgrounds? Did you guys learn anything that you're trying to put into practice now going forward uh, as this popularity of camping continues to be so high? Yeah, there's there's quite a few things that we learned as an organization and just camping in general. One, to the point of how people are utilizing camping has changed. So you don't always have to have a rustic campground to be a popular camping destination. So you can be in the middle of a city like Nashville and explore the country music scene instead of the natural scene. There's a a way of looking at camping that's that's different that we've learned um, to really harness. And I think the amenity set, how people want to camp is different. They're looking for uh, experience right up there at their site level and with whether that's like with a KOA patio that allows uh, you know a family to come together and just be at their site and enjoy the camping experience in a more elevated way or glamping has become increasingly popular so those unique accommodation sets out there in nature has really uh, bolstered people looking for a unique experience and we can provide that for them Glamping is a a conjunction of two words, glamorous camping. And I have some experience with glamping and some some of these places and some of these things that people have done with their travel trailers and their the buses they've converted into travel trailers and all that kind of thing. You know, you you think you're at the five star luxury resort hotel when you stop in there and then you step outside and you're out in the middle of nature. It's it's a it's a pretty good dichotomy there. It is. It's it's an entry point for people who maybe had been intimidated by camping before which I think is a beautiful way to say, you know, you can get your shoes dirty, but just a little bit dirty with glamping. And like, just kind of, you don't have to put all the cost of camping, whether it's buying an RV or uh, even, you know, buying a tent and the gear. Glamping provides an, an access, an easy access and an elevated way to make camping a little less scary. We're talking with Whitney Scott. From Campgrounds of America, KOA, she's the Senior Vice President of Strategy there, um, working with her other leadership in uh, KOA to create more opportunities for people to understand the opportunities they have at campgrounds, the KOA campgrounds. Let's talk a little bit about that real quickly. Uh, KOA has three levels, right, of campgrounds, three different kind of categories, which, you know, to your point earlier, some are more uh, you know, just kind of easy in and out base camp stuff. And then others are more destinations where the campground is the vacation itself. Talk a little bit about that. So we have three different brands with under KOA campgrounds. We have KOA Journeys, KOA Holidays, and KOA Resorts. And really what what those are for is to understand the experience that you're getting when you come to that campground. So a KOA Journey is very easy in, easy out. It's usually a campground that you're utilizing along the way to get somewhere. 
your final destination place. And then a KOA holiday has a little bit more amenity sets. It's going to have deluxe cabins. It's going to be a great place for you to use as a base camp and explore the outdoors. And then KOA resorts, to your point, are full service. They have food service. They have recreation. They're like the destination for recreation. You can go to those campgrounds and really never leave and you'll have a wonderful time. And that seems to be, uh, you know, there there is a lot of interest in that because, you know, it seems like, uh, at least for me, when you cross those gates and you get into the campground, you're in your own new world. And this is a fun world. This is a world where you're, you know, dealing with nature, but also dealing with rest and relaxation and finding ways to, to put a smile on your face. And I know that's what all of your folks do across the nation. Whitney, do you see any trends going forward in camping that uh, may change the way we look at this. I, th- I think this idea of the whole destination campground is something that's kind of evolved in the last five, 10 years. But uh, are there any other changes that you see going forward in, in camping and campgrounds that you and KOA and others are, are looking at that we can kind of get a heads up on as we look at the future of this great activity? Yeah, those experiences or the type of experience that people are trying to find is definitely growing. Our North American Camping Report saw that food tourism, about 36% of campers were looking for food tourism, which, you know, we didn't always attribute to camping before. So they're foodie type people who like to to explore new foods and new areas. Like they're barbecue fans. They may go to Kansas City and camp out around there, right? Exactly. We're not talking just about like adding a Reese's peanut butter cup to your s'more. We're talking (laughs) about going out to you know, Santa Cruz, San Francisco, and really experiencing the restaurants and the communities. And what's great about that is that campers are spending a lot of money in communities. $52 billion um, was spent by campers last year in those local communities around campgrounds. So as we look at a worsening economy and people will continue to travel and travel more. Campers are a big part of the sustainability of just our local areas. That's great. Um, And I think as we go forward, you know, what do you guys talk to people about equipment? I think one of the things um, that I think some people, when they go here, they see all the amazing things that people have been doing for years and they want to get really quickly into maybe the higher end equipment. Uh, One of my things is, you know, I think the KOA situation gives people, as you said, an opportunity to try it without investing a whole lot, maybe on that front end, because there's ways to say a KOA campgrounds without a ton of information and then kind of ease into it. I think sometimes people make mistakes and get too far into it too soon. Is, is, Is that a good balance to, you know, maybe use the facilities that you have to maybe try it a little bit before you go ahead and, and spend the money on all that equipment and then find out maybe you don't exactly like it as much. <laughs> well, what we've, yes. So there's, um, you know, glamping opportunities are a great way to just get into the outdoors and see if you like the experience of camping, which I'm sure everyone will. There's also, you know, RV peer-to-peer sharing and RV rental companies. So a lot of people will utilize that maybe as their first RVing experience to see. Is that kind of like a like a timeshare? So you you work with a company and you kind of rent a, a vehicle a couple of times a year situation? Yeah, it's kind of like the um, Airbnb of. Yep. 
RVing or even like a Hertz type. Um, Cruise America is one that, you know, they have a fleet and you can rent an RV or outdoorsy. You can rent somebody else's RV. And it's just a nice way to say, you know, this is an activity I, I would be very interested in. Um, but, you know, I want to first drive one, experience it and see if it's something I'd like. And we see a lot of that now. They'll even try the model or try to find the model that they're looking at. Oh, so they can get actually a test drive for a test weekend. Test drive what they yeah, want to buy. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> and I think the other thing, too, and I remember talking with this uh, before, is when you get to the campground, campers are notoriously friendly and want to share their information. So it's not like you go to the campground, you see something that you're interested in and you'd walk up to the person, can I learn more about this? And they tell you to go fly a kite or go away. I mean, there's always uh, seems to be that sharing at the campground in terms of information for people that know something that maybe you didn't know and you'll get great information. I think uh, KOA and your organization actually fosters that with great inform people running the campground and great people at the campground itself. It's, it's funny you say that because we have a belief that at KOA, a campground becomes a neighborhood. And you see it when you're out there, people are walking around, they're talking to each other, they're asking about their rig. And, and they do, they naturally, you don't go to a hotel and by the end of the weekend, you're having s'mores and cocktails with the room next door. But that does happen at campgrounds all the time or kids riding bikes together. And I think at KOA, it lends itself. We we really try to build those communities. And then from a service perspective, you know, the yellow shirt means a lot to our service organization. You know, we want to be visible. We want to be helpful. And that's just part of what KOA is. Well, we've been talking with Whitney Scott. She is Senior Vice President for Strategy of Campgrounds of America, KOA. Appreciate the time, Whitney. Uh, this is going to be a, a subject we probably will keep coming back to uh, over and over again in our years ahead. And uh, we appreciate your time. Say hello to Toby for us. And uh, you folks at KOA, keep doing what you're doing. Enjoy uh, working with people to find the love and joy of camping. Um, well, we invite everyone to visit us um, at the campgrounds or at KOA.com and to download the KOA app. If you'd like to learn more about KOA and their family of campgrounds, it's KOA.com. Can't be simpler than that. KOA.com. Thanks again to Whitney and uh, all the folks at KOA. They do a great job of making our lives easier when we do these kinds of uh, interviews with them. We appreciate that so much. Can you believe... 36 years ago, this late April, the Chernobyl disaster. Evan Myers, our resident history expert here on Everything Under the Sun, will join me to talk about how the weather really enhanced the dangers of that throughout the entirety of Europe here, especially where the wind took that radiation on those fateful days after the disaster. We'll talk about that coming up next. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back into Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. I'm Dean DeVore with our resident history expert, Evan Myers. And uh, we're getting to the end of the month here. And uh, this is a little more recent in history going back, although now these are getting interesting when I look at dates. This is almost 40 years ago, the Chernobyl disaster. And then, Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, Dean. 37. Okay, but it's that's almost 40. That's in the upper 30s to near 40, right? Approaching 40, but... Um, look, this is uh, by far the world's worst nuclear disaster. Um, we're still seeing and, 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 and hearing about the effects of that in the area, especially as we're looking at things going on between Russia and Ukraine and that whole area. Talk a little bit about this and how the weather contributed to that fateful day, April 26, 1986. Sure. Well, so the Chernobyl Russia nuclear disaster was the worst nuclear disaster in history, not only up to that point, but since that since point. Since yeah. And it, it occurred in this Chernobyl nuclear reactor plant. And basically what happened was there was an explosion and it spewed radioactive particles in the sky. And it was caused by uh, an explosion in, in reactor number four. And it was faulty equipment, some human error and so on. It's interesting because uh, we'll get to the weather in a second, because not only was radioactivity, radioactive matter spewed high into the atmosphere, and the uranium core lay exposed for several days after that, and the particles were swept across Europe by wind. So mm -hmm. it didn't just stay local. They right. were swept all the way across. To Sweden the, even? Official, yes, yeah. officials in Sweden, 700 miles away, wow. were alerted to radiation act. And originally, initially, the Soviet authorities did, denied claims that anything had happened. Right. Go figure that one out, right? Yeah. We haven't heard that in a while. No. <laughs> uh, and so the, finally they were forced to reveal the mistake and the scale of the accident. Yeah. And the, the initial area impacted were areas in Ukraine, Belarus, Western Russia. Some places have been contaminated indefinitely. So some of these places are just wastelands. Some of the towns and cities have been are abandoned. Yeah. Uh, you know, there have been some sci-fi movies about what you find in those, lurking in those yeah, but places. There's also a lot of great, if you look at images and stuff, it's it's scary to see. Oh, it's yeah. a, it, is, it, it, it is a waste land. 7,722 square miles of land in Europe have been laid waste by the radiation. Maybe not that quite that many mile square miles have been, are totally uh, decimated, all, all, or, decimated off or off the grid. But a lot of them are. And what, the weather was a big factor because rain and snow at the time were actually uh, responsible for bringing down some of the radiation to the ground rather than have it disperse you know, through the oh, high So the atmosphere. precipitation falling from the sky was actually a detriment in that situation. Right, because it brought it down in a concentrated level because if it had dispersed around the world, it would have been worse then, but it would have been like nuclear testing in the atmosphere, which was stopped. Right. But there were a lot of nuclear tests in the atmosphere in the 50s and 60s by the U.S. and Russia, and some other countries did it too, France and, and England, because they were nuclear powers as well. And so 
you know, the, right now and after a while, they started testing underground so that it wouldn't be a, be an issue. But then, because of the precipitation, it concentrated, and and it, that's one of the reasons why those places are wastelands. But I do want to point out the, the one of the human stories that oftentimes goes um, unreported, yeah. untalked about, and that is there were heroes that were working at Chernobyl at the time. There were people that were working there that stayed to do what they could to mitigate the radiation, understanding that they face certain death. Right. That if they, by staying there and exposing right. themselves to the radiation. For that long, that they, 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 they just that They weren't going to be able to survive. But they had and, a responsibility in their mind to try to mitigate the situation Well, they, 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 could, they right? realized that it was the greater right. good. In fact, the thing that finally uh, kind of put an end to the radiation leakage was they they threw a, a big army helicopter uh, holding a concrete sarcophagus that that just they were able to put on top of it. And the pilots knew the amount of radiation that was coming directly out of that right up to them would kill them in a matter of days. But they went ahead and did it because something had to be done. Right. And so for the greater good, and those people were heroes because it, even more radiation would have spewed into the atmosphere and killed more animals, more people, devastated more land. So there's always, you know, in all of these stories that we talk about over the the podcasts we've done and, and looking back in history, many times there are heroes and there's the people that are there helping. I think of Mr. Rogers' uh, statement, you know, in a time of trouble, always look for the helpers because there's people there, there are. that are that are they're willing to sacrifice themselves for everyone else. And so that's part of this this story as well. But interesting to just understand just how widespread once that uh, radiation got into the atmosphere, 700 miles. I mean, that's, I mean, we see that here with now some of the wildfire smoke from some of the, you know, how it can travel thousands of miles and it gets into the upper levels of the atmosphere. So, uh, and this was unseen, obviously. Smoke, right, no, you can you see. see, right? You know, it's pollution. There. You can sometimes see the haze, but this is this was unseen, but it was there. We'll look forward to catching up with Evan again in May for some weather and history moments. We'll look forward to catching up with you next week. We've got one more episode in April to get through. Then we'll be switching the calendar to May as we take a look at where the weather meets your life here on AccuWeather's Everything Under the Sun. Try to give you perspective about the weather and the things that you do from day in and day out activities. And we'll do that again next week. For our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb and our hundreds of team members across the world working hard every day to weatherproof your life through our AccuWeather apps on certainly the Android and the Apple side through our AccuWeather.com website our AccuWeather network AccuWeather now that you can get through AccuWeather.com streaming and content and uh, our live AccuWeather network feeds as well and everything else in terms of uh, the work we do with our media partners and elsewhere. Thanks to our hundreds of team members who do work hard at it every day. We'll talk to you next week This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.